we're also turned up in this idea of like 30, 60, 90 days. And we just completely outweigh what we can accomplish in 30, 60, or 90 days. But I'm really looking at it as like what's happening in three, six, and nine years. And when you start to think about it like that, you recognize that some of the things that emotionally just might be like gutting you on the inside will feel a lot better or you'll have resolved in three years, six years, or nine years. Hey, everybody. Emily Abadi here coming to you from the AG studio. You are listening to Hurdle, a wellness-focused podcast where I connect with everyone from your favorite athletes to top experts and industry CEOs about their highest highs, toughest moments, and everything in between. We all go through hurdles in life, and my goal through these discussions is to empower you to better navigate yours and move with intention so that you can stride toward your own big potential. And of course have some fun along the way. You know, I realized the other day that it's been a minute since I've had a man on the show. And I was so, so excited to have the opportunity to sit down with a good friend of mine. His name is Nick Diodato. He is the VP of Relationships for Gary Vaynerchuk. And this kind of all came to be, and we talk about this in today's episode, because I was thinking about how hectic this man's schedule can be. And when someone works as hard as Nick does, and he is very fortunate that his work is entirely fueled by passion and purpose and excitement and good vibes, one would certainly be prone to burnout. And so I was on a walk the other day, like I say in the episode, and pitched him on the idea of chatting about how he staves off burnout. And here we are, lucky for me, the now Miami resident we met when both Nick and his partner lived in New York City. Nick was up here visiting New York. We were able to sit down here in the studio together and have a really, really great chat. Like I mentioned, we are talking about burnout, how to handle overwhelming to-do lists. And what I love about the combo is Nick's sharing his real strategies. He's talking about his approach that has helped him get through some really difficult moments. And that is what he calls breaking the matrix. We're going to talk about what that is. If you are a subscriber to the weekly hurdle newsletter, then you may already be in the loop and how to go about doing that, how to go about breaking the matrix. A huge thank you to Nick for his time. He also makes a really exciting uh, call out, let's say, for a role that he is trying to fill, he's trying to hire for. It sounds like an absolute dream, so make sure you listen all the way through this episode and hit him up if it feels right for you. Make sure you are following along with Hurdle over on social media. It's at Hurdle Podcast. I am over at Emily Abadi, and I am asking you a favor. And I say this often, I ask this often, but I really mean it because we are dwindling down. I need listener questions. I want listener questions about anything. It can be a question about work. It can be a question about dating. It can be a question about how to upkeep a fitness routine. It can be a question about female friendships. It can be a question about relationships with your parents. I mean, goodness, I can come up with tons of question, thought prompts, etc. But I am speaking directly to you, the hurdler, 
asking you if you love the content that I put out, then help me make more of it by giving me something to jam about when it comes to both the five minute Friday episodes. I answer a listener question in each and every one of those and also upcoming dedicated listener questions episodes. The link to ask me a question slash leave me a voice message is in the show notes. And with that, let's get to hurdling. Nick Diodato in the studio today. He is the VP of relationships for the one, the only Gary Vaynerchuk and an old friend of mine. How are you doing today, Nick? I'm doing fantastic. Like I said, I'm back in New York, just landed 45 minutes ago, got an Uber. I love the whimsical and fast paced of the city. So it feels good to be back. I it's it's funny to hear you say that as though you don't live in Miami, which certainly can have a fast cadence within itself. It's just different. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I mean, like for anybody listening, that's not New York city or Miami. Um, like everybody knows New York city, just like the energy here, East coast energy, I think just in general is very different than anywhere else in the country or the world. But Miami, I mean, palm, you know what I think it is? It's palm trees. If you've got palm trees around you, it's just a little bit more calming. Yeah. Whereas New York city doesn't have trees. Yeah. So like, it's just different. There are some trees. Yeah, there's like a tree that a dog pees on every single day, 47 times. Wow. So the hurdlers are going to start messaging me already and being like, Nick is is so much funnier than you are. (laughs) Please have him back on the show more regularly. I was texting with Nick last week. I'll give some some context as to why we're sitting down here today. Besides the fact that I just love an excuse to stare you directly in the eye. I was texting with Nick last week uh, about something or another, and I was on a nice little walk around the neighborhood. And I thought to myself, how does this guy manage not hating his life every now and again? In that this man is so busy. I mean, you said you got off a plane, you showed up here like within an hour. Very impressive timing. Also great on-time arrival. Delta, does Delta get a shout out for this? Uh, Teeterboro gets a shout out for this one. Okay, but you're in New York now. You were just in Puerto Rico. Before that, you were. I was in Miami, but in in LA briefly. Uh, the travel schedule has just been a big blur since January first. I got COVID over Christmas. I was like, "Thank God!" Now I am literally going to travel as hard and as much as I can until I get COVID again. Then I'll take two weeks off. Yep. And then I'll, you know, and then I'm good for another. 90, 90 I feel days. as though that's the mentality yes. on on behalf of a lot of people. So. Anyway, you're crazy busy all over the place. Busy is not one of my favorite words. Bees are busy. Right. It's a decision to be busy. Okay. Yes. You can, if you are a thoughtful and intelligent person, you shouldn't consume yourself with menial tasks that don't give you purpose uh, and don't feed your soul. If you enjoy what you do thoroughly, you can cram in as much as you want to in a day and squeeze out every minute and feel fulfilled and grateful. But for people that are stressed out and categorize themselves as busy. I don't think they uh, truly understand the meaning of what they're doing. Right. Okay. So we don't love the word busy. We collectively. We, you yeah. and I. For Maybe sure. the hurdlers don't either. I'd Maybe like to see don't. a vote on that. Do we like the word busy? We'll we'll put an Instagram poll up on that. So we don't like the word busy, but 
what it is, is that you have a lot of items on your daily action list, correct? It's disgusting. Yeah. Because the the two items, like the number four and seven, they just like, you would say them aloud and you'd be like, in what world do you need to understand what a franchising licensing agreement looks like in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and need to book a top five DJ for a private party in South Beach. Like you right. just like wouldn't understand why those two things would coexist on the same to-do list. Right. But those are things that can be on your to-do list. So all of this, all of this to say that there are often a lot of tasks to get done and somehow you keep showing up and waking up every morning and figuring out a way to check things off the list day in and day out, which is why I had this thought on my walk that I wanted to have you sitting here with me because so many of us, especially over the last two years, have seriously struggled with the concept of burnout and even with things that we are passionate about have arrived at a place where it just feels like I need to throw my hands up in the air and take a long exhale and take a long look in the mirror and be like, what am I doing here and what is the capacity that I have? So... That's kind of the pretense. That's kind of the the why behind why we're here. And now I want to learn a little bit from you because I feel like it's a really good opportunity and an opportunity that is to be shared. I love it. Okay. I've got some really interesting thoughts, I think, uh, on this topic. <laughs> and when you texted me, I almost like, I almost prefaced the entire conversation with like, I don't know if I'm the best person to talk about this topic. Okay. Because I think... Um, I think people really love the idea of balance. Yeah. Like they really love the idea of like, I have a 45 minute morning routine and I start my day at 946 and I end my day at 432 and then I cook myself a meal and I unwind with a glass of wine and I'm in bed with my eye mask on by 10. Like whatever that is, like people love that idea in theory. But then life happens right? and you get punched in the face and somebody tells you you need to be somewhere and somebody's demanding something from you and you've got a family emergency that you have to tend to and your dog decides to get sick and throw up on the carpet and like everything goes out the window really quickly. Right. And you're fucked. Yeah. Because life doesn't have time for your morning routine sometimes. Like life does not have time for you to get on the Peloton bike every single day. And like for everybody that's out there right now that's trying to stack habits and do their best day in and day out, like I applaud that so much because it's so important to building the foundation of some semblance of a routine. But you also can't be fragile enough that when one thing gets disrupted in your day that you're completely ruined for the week. Right. And I think like that's where this idea of balance for me, I take like a very different approach to burnout which is I go as hard and as fast as I can for as long as I can. And then I fall to the ground and I melt on a beach for seven days. And then I turn up again and I go in hard. Like, that's why it's actually funny that I said the COVID thing. Yeah. Like, cause when I got COVID over Christmas, I was like, oh wow. Like, I, like this sucks. This is terrible. I feel like a big ball of crud. Um, but I'm going to relax for seven days. And as soon as I possibly can, I am going to get on a plane and I'm going to travel and I'm going to hug everybody and I'm going to kiss everyone and I'm going to I'm going to have as many dinners and host as many lunches as I possibly can until I can't again. And like whether that's, you know, because uh, of sickness or because I just like physically have reached my limit, 
then that that'll be it. And then I'll I I'll recognize that I I need to take that break and I'll completely step away and I'll set very important boundaries with people mm -hmm. during that reset time. Mm, interesting. So I I feel the need to call you out a little bit because Please. I do know that you have some sort. Well, I mean, I don't even think it's calling you out. It's me knowing you. I know that you do have things within your routine that are very strategic to help you perform in the way that you'd like to perform. Facts. So although you may not get be getting on a Peloton bike every day per se, how many days a week would you say that you're active? Every day. Okay. I think like more, like more importantly, I'm not as hard of a judge on myself as I think a lot of people are. I think a lot of people are really mean to themselves. They're like, oh, fuck, like, I can't believe I eat Domino's tonight. Like, I'm like, you know, and they get like really upset. And I, of course, I have that feeling, too. Like, I sometimes Domino's will send me the 445 text of like, you know, three dollar pizzas and I'll and I'll decide to get two. You're on the Domino's text listen, list. Listen, 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 listen. I, I, I mean, I'm on the hurdle podcast. I like to admit things that I'm not proud of. Sometimes <laughs> we're being vulnerable here. Um, and but I, after I finish the pizza and I feel like a ball of crud. I won't wake up the next morning and I won't say my life is ruined. I'll say I've got to go run an extra mile this morning. Mm. And I think like that might be the balance that that a lot of people like need to actually implement in their life instead of like kind of the the prescribed kind of, you know, like um, accounting for every minute in terms of like setting up your life. I think more broadly, you know, for me, it's um, I don't have an alarm clock. So I, you know, a lot of, I, I don't like wake up at five o'clock in the morning. I don't wake up at nine o'clock in the morning. I mm -hmm. wake up when my body's ready to wake up, which like, by the way, that might be like a, a majestic world that a lot of people dream of. I've just kind of gotten to that place. Right. I take supplements in the morning. I have two big glasses of water. You know, I, you know, suck down as much water as I can. I have a piping hot cup of coffee. I try to get outside. You know, I try not to like be on my phone too much in the but that doesn't happen you know right. like that's where i have to forgive myself and not be a hard judge on myself i'd love to read for 45 minutes in the morning but you know for me it's just like again i think that the burnout thing for everybody and like i have so i, I can't i can't imagine for people that have spent 2 years on zoom that of course we're all burnt out like, of course, we're all burnt out. The human interaction in a lot of ways has been gone. You know, I, actually, this is this is interesting. I think that things like music festivals and experiences and things that cause you to get out of your cubicle or out of, you know, your bedroom cubicle, I think is going to be massive for people over the course of the next year, year and a half. I think we're going to have record attendance at these things. I think people are going to spend more money on activities and being out in the world again. And I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be amazing for people. And I think that's kind of the, the way that a lot of people are going to try to combat burnout mm. is through physical experiences and, and being out in the world again. And I think that's going to be really helpful and healthy for people. Comma, when you return to your bedroom office, <laughs> right? When you return to wherever you go, um, how are you doing things every day that allow you to combat um, the monotony sometimes of, mm -hmm. of your own routine. And it's this thing I like to call breaking the matrix, which I think, you know, for a lot of people that that might have adopted, you know, a specific kind of routine that they're trying to abide by at the beginning of the year or a certain diet, 
um, or certain workout regimen, like breaking the matrix for me means destroying whatever perception of my reality that I've created for myself so that I can, uh, I can continue to be curious, grow, learn, and make life interesting. Mm. Emily, you're a runner. Yeah. Give me an, tell me the sport that you've been dying to try, but haven't yet tackled because you are a runner. Hmm. Great question. I would say an example, it's not one that I've been dying to try, but I was hesitant to try CrossFit seven years ago because I was under the impression at the time that you couldn't be a really fast runner and also lift loads and loads of weights. That makes sense. Did you break the matrix? I did break the matrix. And I, and I think like breaking the matrix, like that's actually a little like for me, a little bit endurance sports, running, kind of like high intensity interval training is kind of all the, the same genre of mm, soup, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm saying, like when I say break the matrix, I'm not saying like have a, a Italian wedding or pasta fajoule. I'm saying like, like no, no, like go- uh, Split pea. Like even like, even that is like kind of like this genre of soup. I'm saying like, go have a bowl, like go have a, like a, like a slushy, like, mm. you know, like, so like, what, what is that? What would that be for you? Hmm. Like cricket or like something like, you know, like I'm like literally yeah. breaking like shuffleboard, like, holy shit. Like, so for me, pickleball is trending. I know that, you know, that big time pickleball is on the come up. So like that, that's what I mean for people when I say like break the matrix and it's not about just like, oh, I'm going to do a single pottery class. And like, like, I'm like, no, like whatever perception you have of the person you are today, mm-hmm. How do you break that mold? And and not, by the way, like not completely destroy it. Like not, not like, you know, if you're an empathetic, kind, smart, articulate person, I'm not telling you to become a drug addict. Right. I'm just, I'm just saying that there's things that we attach so much of our identity to, um, whether it's what we eat or how we, how we dress or the way we talk or the movies we watch. Um, how do we, how do we make sure that we break the matrix and we try things that are outside of our comfort zone? And I think that that's a way to stifle burnout because the creative juices, the physical, you know, even like movement mm-hmm. that you're going to use will will um, stimulate so much creativity and so much new energy in your life that maybe the feeling that you have of being burnt out at your nine to five job from being on Zoom for 16 hours a day. Uh, this will give you not only like a light at the end of the tunnel, but like this will breathe fresh air into you that you didn't even know existed. I also feel like you have a benefit in that we talked about the diversity within your daily roster of things that you need to get done. That's a great point. And you have that opportunity. It's kind of like going hand in hand with the research that says that mixing up your exercise routine and incorporating different activities into your movement can keep you more engaged, more interested, and then as a result, like more active in the long term. So for you, it's like to stave off boredom, you almost have like a really great opportunity because there's so much stuff that's going on in your routine regularly. For the person that does not have that opportunity, maybe they're a nurse or I feel like Yes, there is monotony in teaching, but you might be able to find a little bit of an opportunity to diversify diversify that in the day-to-day, but just jobs that are a little bit more mundane. The question then arises, what advice can we offer to these individuals so that they can help get past this burnout plateau? Break the matrix. Okay. Break the matrix. 
Like let's like actually I I really like this specific example. So if you're a third grade teacher, mm. you wake up every morning at a certain time, you roll out of bed, maybe you put out your outfit for the next day, the night before, uh, you make your cup of coffee at home and your Keurig or your uh, Nespresso, you hop in the car, you turn it on, you drive the same damn route every day, you get to the classroom, you greet the students, like you are in the matrix. Right. How do I break the matrix? Am I going to start drinking matcha? Like, am I going to drive a different way to, like, it sounds so silly, but like, do I try driving a different way to work? Mm. Do I listen to new stuff on the radio? Then when is my free time? If I'm a teacher, I have the luxury of potentially being finished with the day at 3 p.m. What am I doing from 3 p.m. to the time that I go to bed every night that I can do something vastly different than I've been doing for the last 18 months? That's how, a great, that's a great example. How do I break the matrix? And again, this is where like, it's not about destroying the person that you are today, but it's about, it's about igniting the fires inside of you that exist uh, and levels of curiosity that have drifted away because of the monotony of every day, because you are burnt out. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh shit, like I really did, you know, we, we, uh, this, this actually like really gets, uh, hits me in a place because it's something that I've been intimately aware of, even within myself. I moved down to Miami beach, my way of breaking the matrix, by the way. Um, and so much of my identity was pulled to New York city and I moved down to Miami and I had to kind of recreate the person I thought I was in, in some ways. And it's been, um, it's been profound for me personally. And I know a lot of people can't, they don't have the luxury of moving to a new place. So I'm not saying that that's, that's a way to curb it or fix it. But I've been telling myself for 20, I'm, I'm 31 years old. I've been telling myself for 20 years, I'm going to learn Spanish. I have still yet to learn Spanish. Two things that I've already said, I'm not a harsh judge of myself. So I'm not beating myself up that I haven't learned to speak Spanish yet. But I also need to not play myself and I need to get serious about learning to speak Spanish. For me, that would be a way of breaking the matrix. Can you imagine, like I just got back from Puerto Rico. Could you imagine if out of nowhere I was, and all of my, you know, my friends know I don't speak Spanish. If I just started fluently speaking Spanish, well, to the waitress or, you know, the the waiter or, you know, the person that was helping us at, at the hotel, like that would absolutely be a matrix breaking moment. I would destroy the person other people thought I was in a given moment if I could fluently speak Spanish. So I think like really taking a a real look at the time you spend the the free time we have, because we all have free time. Like it exists. You know, we can say we're busy, yeah, but we're, you know, we can find and we can make time for the things we actually care about. I think if you actually analyze the time that you have outside of the time that you're obligated, whether it's work or family, whatever that is. And you say, how, how am I spending this time? And like, let's get super into it. You know, a lot of people listening right now know like the back of their hand, every single new Netflix, Hulu, HBO Max series, you know, like you've seen this, you, you know, you've watched Sex in the City three times and you've saw the remake of the movie. Like you've just like, you, you've, You've spent so much time on consuming. Yeah. So like, take a look at that time. Yeah. No, I mean, that's really great advice. I, I think the the concept of being honest with yourself about how much quote unquote free time you actually have or how much 
leisure time you have. And even if you are a parent, like what could you be doing maybe differently with your children that you aren't already doing? And how could you reframe the the way that you guys spend your afternoons together? There's a lot of opportunity in that. And I also love the concept of perhaps even just taking a different route to work. Mm. I think that that is an analogy for something bigger, right? Totally. It's like, it's not actually just about like driving your car in a different direction to get to point from point A to point B, but it's like, this is literally an opportunity. Like you have these 20 minutes, like what can you do differently with these 20 minutes? And that brings about another really important point, which is the idea of snackable changes. Mm. So you can do something quite small that can have a profound difference. I'll say that again. You can do something quite small that can have a profound difference, not just on your mood, but also just on your overall betterment, right? So whether that is integrating a five to 10 minute exercise block into your day when you're someone who says, oh, I don't have time to work out. It's just five to 10 minutes. You have five to 10 minutes. Or if it's someone that's saying, I don't have time to meditate or I'm not good at meditating. It's it's the small changes. It's the separating fact from fiction. And I think when you stop believing your own bullshit or admit what is actually going on in your life as it stands right now, that is the first step to making positive change long term. I love it. You know, we're like sitting in this room holding these microphones. Yeah. And like we're, you know, playing these characters right now. We're talking to each other on this podcast. And I'm just like, if, if we could just like step outside of ourselves for mm-hmm. a quick second, you know, like when you're feeling stagnant and that it's so easy for us to sit here and be like, you know what, like do 12 fucking pushups when you have a couple of minutes, you know, you know Nick, I haven't marked an episode explicit in a long time, but I'm uh, actually excited. I don't think I've, is that the first curse? I would say that, no, it's not the first curse, but it's been a minute and I'm actually like, it kind of warms my heart because like, your, your F-bombs come loaded with passion. I didn't even catch the first one. It's easy for us to say here like, oh yeah, like when I have five minutes, like let me do a couple of push-ups. Like let me, let me do some jumping jacks. Yeah. It's hard when we're in the day to day of like the same routine in our kitchen to be like, let me, let me dance with my partner. Mm. Like it's, it's insanely hard. And I, and I have, again, like I have a lot of empathy and understanding why that's so difficult. Like when you pick up the kids every day from school and you come home and you, you know, you, you pick up food or you make dinner, you know, you go through the routine of, of life and you, you're, you're getting burnt out. I understand why it's hard to say like, I'm going to dance with my partner. That's where we need to like step outside of the characters we're playing, like hold a mirror up to ourselves. And like, if we're not happy with the person that we are, we have to change it. Yeah. And then there's going to be people in that process that aren't going to accept the version of you that you're trying to create. And that's going to be okay because people don't like change and that's totally acceptable. Um, But you have to realize you need to do things that are going to make you happy. And I think burnout comes when you don't recognize that the mo- the monotony of everyday life is is slowly killing you on the inside. And by recognizing that that's what's happening, I think you can combat burnout much more effectively. And by the way, like we talked about a very physical version of my burnout, not like necessarily a mental emotional, mm-hmm. but I think for a lot of people, it's actually the mental and emotional burnout that they go through, not so much the physical.
taking a break from today's episode to give some love to my sponsor at Whoop, a digital fitness and health coach that tracks key physiological metrics and provides detailed, actionable feedback to optimize your performance via a monthly membership. I have been wearing my Whoop strap for over two years now, since April 2019. And honestly, I feel kind of naked without it. Whoop helps me optimize my performance through a ton of different metrics, including sleep, strain, and recovery. It makes me want to be a better me by focusing on healthier habits. Among my favorite features on my Whoop is the Sleep Coach, which analyzes sleep duration, quality, efficiency, and consistency every single night. Then it provides ideal bed and wake times to help improve my sleep routine and performance the next day. Thanks to Whoop's journal feature, I also know what habits like eating too close to bedtime or slacking on my daily hydration intake can really impact my overall recovery score. I am hooked on my Whoop data and I know that you will be too. Get in on Whoop today with this exclusive offer for Hurdle listeners. Head on over to whoop.com and use the code HURDLE15 to unlock 15% off of any Whoop membership plus get the Whoop 4.0 device for absolutely free. Again, that is whoop.com, W-H-O-O-P.com. Use the code HURDLE15 to get 15% off any membership today. Can we talk a little bit about you recognizing when you're at that mental and emotional tipping point? Yeah, I want to say actually one more thing with with kids, and I don't have kids, so I could I can't really uh, really speak on this. But I I aspire to someday be a father and have children, and I actually look at the kids as a bit of a really cool excuse to learn new things. So I'm like, I haven't learned. I'm a, I'm a terrible but great dancer, meaning like unbridled confidence when I get on a dance floor, which makes it fun and entertaining. But I I you know I have two left feet. I look at like the having kids moment as like, hmm, like that's the moment I'm going to learn how to salsa or that's the moment I'm going to learn how to ballroom dance. Like I am going to go to classes with my children and, you know, maybe that's the time I do learn how to scuba dive. And again, like I don't have children. I can't speak on this, but like I actually look at that as like a fun time to reinvigorate some of the curiosity that I had that maybe got. Uh, confined because of like the responsibilities of adulthood um, when we're all kind of running really hard and trying to build something and, you know, create a foundation for, for our future selves. I actually look at the moment when children do enter the picture as like a moment to ex- go back and explore some of that creativity that I may be left on the table, mental and emotional burnout, quick transition. So this one's, this one's difficult because I feel like, um, the mental the mental burnout you can often attribute for me at least to uh maybe like the intensity of tasks or things that you're you're working on um the volume the complexity of them uh the emotional stuff for me and I'm just going to speak to my experiences comes when um things are outside of my control you know it's like the uh my there's some you know somebody sick in the family or um my my partner and I aren't on the same page you know like I think that's when the emotional toll kicks in and you know I think in those moments it's it's just like you have to have 
unwavering kindness, again, for yourself. We're also turned up in this idea of like 30, 60, 90 days. And we just completely outweigh what we can accomplish in 30, 60, or 90 days. But I'm really looking at it as like, what's happening in three, six, and nine years? And when you start to think about it like that, you recognize that some of the things that emotionally just might be like gutting you on the inside will feel a lot better, or you'll have resolved in three years, six years, or nine years. Um, so I think that's one of the ways. It's just a bit of a perspective shift on just like time and the passing of it on the emotional side. And then I think on the mental side, you know, sleep is profound. Yeah. Sleep is just. Is that not like one of the biggest lessons you learn when you get into your 30s? Crazy. I it's know. Like I, I almost like I'm just like, wow. Like <laughs> I do feel very fortunate that I too can say that I very rarely set alarms. I'm naturally like an early riser. Mm -hmm. Like as long as I'm feeling great, I'm pretty much without a doubt up by like 6.15, 6.30 at the latest. But I do recognize that not everybody has that luxury. Sleep, amazing. But you can also prioritize it on the back end, right? Mm -hmm. uh, what was the phrase you used with me when I told you what time I needed to be out of my apartment today? I love a backboard. Yeah, backboards are great. So I'll backboard my day. I'll backboard my sleep. Like I know that I'm going to get up at 6.15 in the morning. So that means I know I want to be sleeping. I mean, my Goldilocks evening, yep. I am in my bed at 9.05. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. That's nice. It's super nice. I mean, and again, like, it's it's nice. Like, life sometimes punches you in the face and you might not be able to do that. Right. We're bringing this full circle right now. So then the thing that happens in that moment, in the days where I'm not in my bed at 9.05, say, I did entertain the fact that I could have the opportunity to have some semblance of a social life. Mm -hmm. I'm out later. I've had a couple of glasses of wine. I love what you said earlier about waking up the next day and not being mad at yourself, just saying, this is how it is now. This is what balance now looks for me today. This is what I'm going to do to move forward with this. Instead of being like, oh, I shouldn't have done that because that doesn't serve you. It doesn't serve you at all. I have to give kudos to um, my partner, Erin. She does so much work, inner and outer, all the time. And I learned so much from her. I recognized early in our relationship that I was wired a bit different because just like life would happen and I would go to sleep and I would wake up the next day and it would be like it was my birthday every single day. I spring out of bed. I'm super fucking happy-go-lucky and everything's good in the world, even if the night before things were bad. Mm. And I realized that everybody's not wired that way. And through the course of Aaron's kind of inner and outer work she's she often like just gives me these like nuggets that help me articulate it for other people outside of just my you know like predisposed you know like god-given approach and perspective mm -hmm. and she said um recently she said that uh the um the reality of our situation, you know, sometimes we'd, we'd wish for things to be different. Oh, I wish I didn't eat that pizza last night. Oh, I wish I didn't have that tequila rocks at three o'clock in the morning. Oh, I wish that this meeting was happening 30 minutes later, but like, it's fucking not. It's our reality that we ate the pizza or had the tequila or our meetings happening in 12 minutes from now. And we're just getting out of bed sometimes. And like, that's the reality of our situation. 
you know, she, by the way, like Aaron would just beat me up right now if I like explain it this way, because she has a much more delicate and thoughtful approach to how she articulates <laughs> the stuff. But this is how Love I've you, extracted Aaron. her message from this. Like stop wishing for things to be different and recognize uh, that your reality is your reality in that moment. And that it's, it's up to you in terms of like how you want to react and respond. Because I know, because I, I too have done it, that we can spiral. Totally. We can spiral into this like, because I didn't wake up on time and I didn't get this in me that this is going to go wrong and this cab passed me by on the street and now it's raining. All and these I things. Don't have an umbrella. <laughs> All of it. No, and I, I hear that. And I when I feel overwhelmed and that I'm approaching burnout, this thought process is exactly where I lean in. I think to myself, what is within my power to do right now to help combat exactly how I am feeling? And some days that means looking at the to-do list you made four hours earlier and saying, nope, this isn't where I'm at today. What is actually within my power? What can I do right now to break the matrix? And the answer often most always initiates by removing myself temporarily from that environment. So you and I right now sitting in the AG studio, I would get up, I would at least go downstairs and take one lap around the block. Nice. I'm not saying that it has to be a 30, 60, 90, two hour commitment, but just that brief shift of environment can make a world of difference and help me shift my perspective that when I come back in here, I'm more ready and able to meet myself with where I'm at because I don't shift that environment. Then I have a hard time just flipping the switch, finding the gratitude and moving forward. It's like the environment shift really, really plays a key part for me. Here's, here's another one I want to add on to that because I think that's really great. When we're often in a downward spiral like that, this is this, I think this is actually a really nice way to like help this kind of come full circle as well. You're feeling crummy, you're burnt out. Uh, things aren't going your way. And now all of a sudden, like, like, how do you get out of it? You know, Mm. like, how do you combat that feeling? And I think we often think like, what are the things that we can do for ourselves? Oh, I'm going to go melt on a beach for seven days, or I'll go take a walk around my apartment or, you know, I'll treat myself to a dinner. I'll throw out my to-do list. One of the things that's like really hit me as of late is doing something nice for someone else. I love that. It's just like, because it fills up whatever reservoir you have that was depleted so much faster when you do something nice for somebody else who might be in a tough spot or struggling. And like, again, it can be like as simple as like being pleasant to your Uber driver or, or, um, just, you know, giving that person a call that you might know who's going through a a difficult time and listening without very important without expressing your woes about your life mm-hmm. or offering advice. Correct. Just listening. Correct. We love that. Yeah. Um, and I think like, you know, uh, if you're feeling burnt out and stressed and tired, all of a sudden you're the, if, if you can find it in yourself, cause I know it's hard. And I know again, like this is advice from a guy sitting in a chair who's like not currently in that mood. So I have a lot of empathy and respect for people that are currently burnt out and tired and don't have the emotional capacity to give to somebody else. But if you can find it in yourself to call somebody, be there for somebody, even, you know, like 
tip a little bit extra sometimes like that, you know, like go, go get a haircut for you, but be super chatty and, you know, happy and try, try to turn it around for the other person who's engaging. Like if you can find it yourself for me personally, I've found that that fills my cup up a lot faster than me doing something for myself. Yeah. I love that. I've also been a sucker for, I don't know if you've heard of this app, but this is not sponsored at all. It's called Goody. Might need to be. I know Goody, um, the founder is from Miami. Please yeah. tell, please tell the audience what it is. Uh, Goody is a, a gifting app. It has a lot of like super trendy stuff on there. You can send a gift via text message to anyone and you don't need to know their home address or even their email. So it makes it super accessible to just send someone a little something. And I have been using Goody like as one of my go-to ways to send someone something small. Surprise and delight. Just to be like, I'm thinking about you. They can switch it out too. What's that mean? Meaning like send you you send somebody uh, a bag and it costs sixty seven dollars. Um, you you have the option to swap it out mm. for something else that's in that price range, um, and it it wouldn't charge you any more for it. Uh, yeah, it's it's a it's pretty, a cool one. And and I you know I think by the way, technology we all demonize it. Like I think like that's a really great example of way we can integrate technology to actually like bring a little bit of joy efficiency to our lives without further depleting our reservoir. We love it. We love it. These are so many good tips before I let you go. Cool. Before I put away my microphones, pack them in the bag and get going. I do want to talk to you about that to-do list that we talked about at the top of this. Uh, specifically, if you have any strategies or thoughts on perhaps how to tackle it in a way that makes you feel confident. Do you have any best practices that you implement regularly to make that to-do list more manageable? It's a great question. I'm working on it. And I have a lot of people that I'm like hiring to help work on it as well. Um, you know, I, I have uh, an app called Clear that I use that's like a bit of like a to-do list tracker. I think okay. it's called Clear. Is it called Clear? Just check. Let's find out. It is called, yeah, it is, it's called clear. Um, so I use that as a bit of like a to-do list maker. And then I, so actually this is fun. The way my brain works, like probably most people is through list making. Mm -hmm. And I like to categorize uh, my to-do list in different things. And I like to categorize people in different ways. And because the ability to recall things, especially when we're inundated in with information and we're constantly consumed by all the things we're doing, it's really difficult. Mm -hmm. It's really difficult to say like, what type of wine does Emily like to drink? Or like, oh, uh, we were just together and that person got a new dog. What the hell is their dog's name? Like, right. it's really hard to do that. And I actually want to use technology in a way that helps me better track and communicate those things so that I can be more present and more effective. I can go deeper with people. Like, I want to use technology in that way. In terms of like tackling to-do lists, I think that um, there's going to be things on your list day to day that are like really pressing and hot. And there are going to be things on your list that you can back burner and they can happen two, three days, two, three weeks later. I think for me, the most important thing about my to-do list in any capacity, and I'm just going to, it's going to be very simple is that I'm not too harsh of a judge when the things on my to-do list don't get done because my intent was always in the right place. I tried really hard today to squeeze this in. If I couldn't have made it today, 
I feel like you would have known that I wanted to be here. And I think like that's important for me is that I use my technology to communicate to people where I am mentally, emotionally, physically, and uh, my to-do list uh, is not the judge and jury of the effectiveness of my day. I am the judge and jury of the effectiveness of my day. This is now a therapy session. You can re-listen to it wherever you get your podcasts, whenever you would like. That probably took a lot of personal work to get to that point. Uh it, it it took it took a lot of like oh fuck I didn't finish my to do list you know like <laughs> what's funny about turning thirty is like oh shit we know some shit now we've been through a little bit of life like yeah. like it's starting to get interesting because there's a little bit of pattern recognition like for anybody who's twenty four actually younger twenty one through twenty seven like you're you're just starting to figure it the fuck out you know so like by the time you hit thirty you start to really understand some shit and I can tell you one thing like. Life goes on. Yeah. Life goes on if you don't finish everything on your to-do list. I think that is probably one of the biggest takeaways from the past two years for me is like having that grace with myself, knowing that what's really important, I will prioritize and it will all get done with time. And I mean, on the note of overall burnout, the same rings true, right? Is having that grace with yourself and knowing that when you are really going through the thick of it, you've got to break the matrix. Break the matrix, everyone. Nick Diodato, so grateful for you. Thank you for making the time on your to-do list to come through here. I'm honored. Thank and, you for having me. And be here with me. How do the hurdlers follow along with your fun life? How do they keep up with you? Give me all the details. So f some fun things. And I, I'm actually really excited this. I know you have a predominantly female audience. I do. And uh, we're looking to hire a lot of people. And um, I think that there's what I do um, predominantly like in a relationship capacity. Mm -hmm. um, like I need a real female counterpart. Like I need somebody who loves talking to people, who loves like going deep with people, who loves understanding, who's incredibly emotionally intelligent and, you know, understands what makes people tick. And I'm like really looking for that person to help mm -hmm. me on all things Gary and relationships. And I just know your audience is emotionally intelligent, thoughtful, driven, motivated, ambitious. And I'm just like really looking for that person to who can like join me and um, really help build deep, meaningful relationships that um, we can leverage where I'm in. I'm in the people business and nothing would bring me more joy. Uh, than finding a hurdler to join my team. Oh, he's already speaking to the people. <laughs> I feel like she's listening. I hope so. Um, at Nick Dio on Instagram, N-I-C-K-D-I-O. All right. I'm over at Emily Abadi at Hurdle Podcast. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time. <laughs>